The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. you how was your captivity uh did the van duel force you to participate in any unsavory rituals how was the food not so good i hear tell uh i am happy to be back uh my um uh, my intestines both upper and lower are um <laughs> are, are not uh up to uh a hundred percent at this point uh, mm-hmm. but uh yes the the uh van duel, uh blood sausage was not very tasty <laughs> I've heard tell. I've heard tell. Sausage. <laughs> well, um, they digest in zero, in lower gravity conditions, so that, that yeah, might yeah absolutely. Yeah. It makes it makes it much much easier Harder to, to, to work that through. Your, yeah. Tends to impact the gut a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm. Um, if I seem a little off tonight, folks, um, I, I am actually recovering from a really severe bout of food poisoning. Um, interesting story. So um, this past Thursday, uh, I was bouncing at work. I was bouncing from a couple of meetings, and then I had a production meeting scheduled later in the day, and I had uh, a few things I had to do at my desk. And so I kind of looked up, and I looked at the time, and I'm like, oh, it's it's one fifteen, and I have no lunch prospects of, of any kind on the horizons. And so we have a little commissary at work, um, and they do like like you know, like the, the kind of prepackaged airplane food that's not necessarily mm-hmm. great, but will kind of get you through in a pinch. Well, they have that, and then they also have a frozen food section. So I thought to myself, hey, you know what? They have these frozen uh, White Castle uh, cheeseburgers. Done. Um, oh no. Yeah, the, the, the little two pack no. sleeves, right? Oh and I'm like, no. I'm like, okay, these, you know, these will be fine. I've had them before; it shouldn't be an issue. So I grabbed the the two two pack sleeves. I even looked at, at one of my uh, coworkers, and I, he looked at me, and I said, "Don't judge me." And he just laughed and shook his head and walked away. So I threw them in the microwave, and I Van pulled Dool them out bastard. and sat at my desk and started horking them down. And I finished off one; it was fine. I finished off the second one; it was fine. Got to the third one, and I was like, "Oh, that's cold in the middle. That's weird." And I kept eating it, and then I <laughs> ate the fourth one. Fourth one. Yeah, I was two. I got two two packs. What are you gonna do? It's all I, I hadn't eaten all day, okay. right? And so I was like, "This is this is this is I, this is all I got." Right? I had a cup of coffee in the morning, and that was it. So I horked those down, all four of them, and then I came home and I had dinner with my wife. And uh, I woke up uh, at about about one thirty, you know, roughly twelve hours later, um, and my stomach felt like a rock. And I was like, "Oh, this doesn't feel good." And tossed and turned for a little while, and then all of a sudden got this um, this welling. Sensation, this this geyser s sensation, if you will, um, and uh, proceeded to uh, remain in that state uh, for another twelve to, to twenty hours. It's about right. 
That's about yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was in agony. Um, Friday was a complete wash for me. I couldn't even work. Uh, usually, because, you know, if you're sick and, and you're at home and you have a lot of responsibility, you, you tend to kind of work through the day anyway, even if you don't feel well. Um, I couldn't even function. I, I put my phone in my office. I shut the door and I spent the entire day, you know, rotating between the restroom and the couch. Uh, and then um, Saturday, I just felt horrible. And then Sunday, I started to feel like myself. And today, my um, bowels have just kind of sort of started working-ish a little bit, maybe when they feel like it. Yes, this is the content that people come to TGWS for. It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so um, it's been a wild ride. It's been a wild ride. Well, we paid uh, we paid your ransom uh, with a third party out of state check. Uh, we're really hoping it goes through. Um, probably won't. So I, I would keep an eye out for any more White Castle sliders. <laughs> that sounds good. All right, pre-recorded live in our virtual hangar. We are those guys with ships. Today is Mark thirty fourth, twenty nine forty seven. And you are tuned to Marcusode, number 148 of the Versecast, our Star Citizen Gaming Community Podcast. I do apologize, Mark. I couldn't move on just quite yet. I, I, need, I needed to go to that mad cow well one last time. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure this doesn't apply anymore being out of the month. But all right, okay, I'm going with it. It's the 34th of Mark. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The 34th of Mark. But, alas... Mark Madness concludes. Yes, I promise. For real Z's this time. Mark Madness. <laughs> so, of course, that means it's time to play Probe Your Host. Um, let me get my pencil. Down. I've got a hold of my desk. Okay. I think I'm Mark, ready. Mark, are you ready? <laughs> Brace for impact. Deep breaths. All right, let's do this. All right. <clears throat> Question the first. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Diet. Good good man. Oh, no. Yes. You see, you ruined it. <laughs> All Diet. the way. Mm. No, I'm sorry. The correct answer is vegetable. <laughs> Process of elimination, my friend. It's not an animal, not a mineral. Therefore, vegetable. Actually, okay. I, I think truly the correct answer is Mexican Coke. Ooh, no, actually, well, I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, you can't tell... Uh, Quick aside, not to steal thunder, but uh, real, real I have. Sugar. I have. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Coke. You can tell the difference if you're if you're if you're a diet Coke kind of swear. You can tell mm-hmm. where in the world your Coke is from by the taste. True. Mexican Coca Cola, yes. by the way. Mm. I've had Coke in um, all but one uh, continent, actually. And, um, Interesting. Each of them has every own, disco has west flavor. of the Mississippi. Yes, all each of them has its own flavor, and sometimes a different can, oh, wait. which is interesting. And 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 you still you come back to the diet cola, the diet coke. Yeah, well, by the diet coke, I mean diet coke because there is only one coke, and it is diet. It's delicious. I, see. I love it. Okay, none of this applies to me because I'm a yes. Pepsi heathen. Yes, well, you are wrong. Okay, continue. Sorry. <clears throat> Question the second: vanilla or chocolate? Mm, swirl. Obviously. Ooh. <laughs> the correct answer is cookies and cream. By Ooh. flavor. The correct answer is no. Two-thirds of the world's vanilla comes from Madagascar. Less than 1% of the world's cocoa is grown there, though it is supposed to be very good. Wait, this mm. is a show about video games, right? No, wait, wait, we're getting there. <laughs> I feel like Question the third. Like a, a broken, like, factoid <laughs> section. <laughs> Boxers or briefs? Uh, Whoa, boxer I got briefs. 
Yes, I agree. Boxer briefs. <laughs> Correct answer. Yeah, I have none. Hybrid. <laughs> yes, the answer is commando because kung fu grip and sometimes you just got to take care of business. I was wow. going to go with a onesie, but hey, whatever. <laughs> this is You crazy. would go with a onesie. Uh, Mark, another perfect score. All right. S- seven out of three. Johnny, tell him what he's won. Well, Gleep, Mark has won a romantic getaway week for two in that sunny lover's paradise, Florida. Yes, that's right. Mark and his lucky companion will be whisked away to their very own special secluded hideaway at the hottest spot, what has got all the hot right now. That's right. It's all-inclusive Mad Cow Acres. Yay! Wait, I live here already. (laughs) This offer not exchangeable for cash or anything else you might want. Bum, 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 a major credit card is required for deposit. Not the number. Please send the actual card. Once it is received, you are free to set up a tent in your backyard and stay there. Bring the puppy if you want. We don't care. We hope you have a great time and won't forget to like us on all social medias. This offer not valid in Canada or during months beginning with the letter J. All rights reserved. No shoot. <laughs> oh, man, no shirt. So no shoes. No service. No dice. You were so close. Oh, man. You <laughs> called your calling as in paradise, uh... incidentally. <laughs> When you got done we, with that. You missed your calling as a uh, as an announcer on a game show, man. That was yeah. impressive. Thank you. All right. Well, guys, so um, this is the end of uh, of Mark Madness. Um, I hate to see it go just as much as you do, but all righty then. Ace, Amen. how you doing? Are we going to have Ace-tober and Jimuary? Ooh, Jimuary. <laughs> Jimuary, that's a nice. We did not. We did not think of that last week. That's a good one. No, we didn't. We didn't. We we blew it. Gleeptober. Yeah, yeah, happily, October is the is the uh, month of my marriage, so I'm all for Acetober. Gleeptember. Acetober. Gleeptember. I like that. Mm. Mm. Well, so um, Gleepuary. (laughs) Gleepuary. Yes, indeedy. So, but before we get started with the Star Citizen, yes, we do have just enough time for yet another Those Guys with Ships 12-second spoiler-free movie review, Ghost in the Shell. Guys, who has seen it? Not me. No, no. I want to, though. Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, I heard good things. All right. uh, I you I saw Power Rangers. but that's Well, we're not talking about that this week, and I already told you that, time. so stop. Cleep, do you <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about your stupid Power Ranger out? movie, Ace. I'm sorry? Do you watch every movie the weekend that comes out? Yeah. No, no. This was because I have a friend who uh, who worked on the film, and so she was like, "Go see it." It's like, oh, "All right." No, Come you on. don't count. I was talking to Cleep. No, you're important too. <laughs> I really liked it. I I loved the uh, the uh, Scarlet Joe. <laughs> you see what I did there with the kung fu grip. Speaking of kung fu grip. Grip, grip, grips. Um, so I was never a fan of the uh, the manga nor the animated films, uh, but I really did like the movie. I, the imagery was amazing. Uh, very good story. Uh, sort of hyper blade runnery is what I say. Um, reviews are mixed for a variety of reasons. Uh, you know, what do we expect? It's twenty nine forty seven, but um, I, I say go check it out. Good movie. I, generally speaking, the the reviews I've seen um, have been positive. Mm, yeah. Uh, as with most adaptations, some... if you watch the anime or manga, it feels very different from that, and that's a lot of uh, like, a lot of people have that response. Gotcha. All right. So, well, it is. How, gosh, how far are we into this madness? Oh, it's not bad. Only eleven minutes. Let's talk about some Star Citizen, shall we? Yay! Yay. 
Production schedule report, guys. 2.6.2 released to live happened last Friday, March 31st. I think it's safe to say that the big ticket items included were the multiplayer mega map and the Drake Buccaneer. Has everyone played the patch? Yes. yes. Very Anyone briefly. fly the Buccaneer? Yes. yes. Anyone buy the Buccaneer? No. 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 Uh, there was a Drake sale. Did anyone avail themselves of that? Nope. Nope. I have one. Mm. I have my... my my cutlass on what is it uh, the, the buyback token I yes. firmly intend to buy back my cutlass package when the cutlass comes out okay. well, I am it, dying to, to get the specs on that new cutlass oh, it looks so delicious well, it's were you holding a token who me no Mark well, oh yeah yeah I've got a token because uh, I never you, I, I never un, unmelt stuff so I've got one sitting there oh okay because I say that, that token got overwritten today Oh yeah, the new token came out today. Oh well, nice. Well, hey, that's even better. Yeah, no, I had no, nothing to unmelt anyway, so yeah, I'll, I'll unmelt oh, okay. it. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Um, well, I patched it, I played it, um, and then I left. So, um, you guys that have flown the Buccaneer, what do you think about it? I like it. I actually really like it. Um, I like the ships that I have, but it was a real nice dogfighter to fly in. Um, and I don't know mm-hmm. about you guys, but two six two feels. Smoother than a lot of previous patches do. Like it's I funny you should sat say down that. Really enjoying it. Yeah, no, no, I I agree. Um, I think uh, two point six point two is a very smooth patch. Um, even in PTU, um, for the most part, it was smooth. I played, um, I played a, a couple of nights in PTU, and I didn't run into any bugs. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, I, I guess I don't have anything to report. And so I've only gotten into two. Point six point two live uh, once. I, I got in for for about an hour and a half. And um, Ace, I, I actually wanted to ask you about this. Um, so my Buccaneer experience, I love the ship. It's very agile. I really enjoy flying it. But when you boil it down, I, I am a gimbaled pilot, and I am not utilizing the wingtip guns. So I go back to the Hornet. You know mm-hmm. the the I'm able I the, it's there's so much firepower on the Hornet excuse me and it's all gimbaled so I, I can't get away from that ship um, but beyond that I love the Buccaneer I love the way it flies I love the way it handles the question I had for you Ace was um, what I was hoping to do and obviously I can't um, I wanted to see if I could put uh, missiles on the wingtips. And, you know, just basically add a little bit more firepower in that respect. And I was hoping to do that with my Herald as well, um, just to kind of utilize the wing the wingtips in some capacity, because I really cannot hit anything right. if it's not gimbaled. And you can't do that anymore. Well, for a while, there was... A, some people were doing it by, by changing the XML files. Oh, no, no, I would never do that. That's... Um, uh, so there, there's a fantastic picture of, of a uh, Gladius out there where all the, the wingtip pylons, all the pylons have been ch- changed to gun pylons. Uh, so he's got like five size two or three uh, badger repeaters on this thing just spitting hell out. And okay. it, looks, it looks absolutely gorgeous. And then the same thing with all the wingtip pylons and nose pylon turned to missiles and it turns the thing into a tiny little missile boat. Uh so there is there you know there is some precedent for having a ship that is mostly or or in, uh, largely on missiles, and you know 
in the real world, uh, our military is largely missile-based. Uh, aside from some nose or, or Vulcan cannons that sit just behind the cockpit, or, you know, in the case of an A-10, runs the entire length of the plane, uh, most of our armament these days is missiles or bombs. There's no reason why you couldn't have a craft that has maybe one or two guns, and the rest of the craft is based around missile fire. Well, remember, that's also was, expensive, So, because you're basically yeah. firing money at somebody. Well, the way that I was looking at it was, you know, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much locked into the Hornet as far as as a dedicated fighter. You know what I mean? That's that's my arena commander go to. Um, you know, that's if if I am dog fighting for extended periods of time, you know, that's going to be the ship that that you're going to use. That's the tank. Um, It'll, it can take the, the punishment yeah, mission out too. Exactly. Um, but I thought that the Buccaneer handled beautifully. I love the way the ship flies. So yeah, for me, I it agree. was like. For me, I was like, well, you know what? Let me just play with the wingtips and see what kind of options I have. And it's like I said, I just can't hit anything with, you know, with a, a, wep- a fixed weapon. So, you know, that got me thinking about the Herald. And, and, you know, the Herald is not a combat ship in any capacity. Um, for the Herald, it's about buying enough. It's, it's about unloading a payload and doing either enough damage on a single target um, to win the fight or disable them and get away. So... You know, the nose gun is a great kind of distraction. You know, you, you lay down some, some some fire on someone and they, you know, they just get panicky in that respect. But it would have been nice to throw a couple of extra missiles on the tips of the uh, of the Herald as well, just to give it that added bonus beyond the size ones that are already loaded on the ship. So just as a, a side note, you know that you can affix uh, gimbal pucks to... You cannot. Nope. Up, you can't. I do, I, upside is it position. bugged? Is no no no, no so well or unless I, unless the guns are already size one mounts if they're size one well mounts, that was that was the thing are. there there was a time um, for example um, for the Avenger right there was a time where they had the, the ship comes stock with the size ones on the wingtips and mm-hmm. there was a time when you could put a size two gimbal on there and put a size one gun back on there and I don't know I, I'm I think assuming that's that changed. That has absolutely changed because okay. now, if it's a size one port, there is no size one gimbal, yeah. and you cannot affix a gimbal to it. So yeah. the Avenger wingtips, anything that is a size one, is now fixed. And, okay. and to, yeah, to be fair, I have a yeah, I have a feeling this this goes back to balance. You know what I mean? Now that they're starting to really dig into balancing the ships and trying to find you know, that sweet spot. I, I understand why they would do it, but it's kind of a bummer um, because it really, like I said, the Herald is not a combat ship. It's never intended to be a combat ship, but, you know, having that little extra firepower buys you a little extra time. And so if you're a, a gimbaled, because that's the thing, like, I mean, Ace, how many people do you know that fly both gimbal and fixed? Because isn't it like, if you're flying stick, don't you hate gimbals? And as a somebody that flies mouse, I hate fixed. Well, I'm a bit of a conundrum because I fly lefty with my right hand on my mouse, and so I can fly both. Whoa. Uh, So there is a system in the cockpit that you can enable that allows you to fly with a stick but look around the cockpit with your mouse and, and allow that to guide your gimbals. So you can fly with precision of a stick but use your mouse to gimbal fire. Um. And okay. I use, that's what I do. So, so despite flying joystick, which is, as you say, predominantly the 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 uh, uh, the fixed. venue of, of fixed guns. Right. Uh, if I'm flying my Hornet, I'll have my guns, you know, mostly centered, 
but as I bring my nose up to face the target, I'll just nudge my mouse just just that little bit. So I'm firing off off beam, but I'm able to keep it fairly on target with by just by making small adjustments with the mouse to towards the target. Nudge nudge that reticle just that extra little bit to get on target. It's yeah. not easy. It, it's it can get. Because you have to split your attention between where your where your ship is going and where your guns are going, right? Um, but uh, I find that with enough practice, it's worked for me. Uh, but I, I I am with you in the sense that like having mixed doesn't it make seems a lot of odd, sense. right? 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 Yeah. Because if you just... have fixed guns, you have a fixed point in space where they can fire, and if you have gimbals, then you're basically splitting your firepower. Um, right. Generally and, speaking, and... if I'm flying a craft that has both, I will simply gimbal lock. So they're all pointed in one direction, and I'll just, I'll just fly like that. Because I'm not yeah, I'm with that you. I was, can't fly mixed. Well, and that was the biggest challenge that I had. Like, I really kind of played with it um, the other night, where I was like, okay, maybe I can try and make this work, you know, some way. Like, I was thinking maybe some neutron cannons on the tips, you know, something with a slow rate of fire that, that delivers a heavy punch, right? Yeah. And I'm like, great. you know, maybe... Yeah, so I mean, maybe I can just you know use that when when things get close into range, and and really try to to fly fixed, you know, using using the gimbal as a lead, and then and then trying to hit the target when it got close enough with the fixed guns. And I just it 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 was such a distraction between the two, between trying to manage the flying the way that I normally do with the guns gimbled, and also trying to line up the ship dead center to hit targets with fixed. And I was like, this is just impossible. And yeah. so that was that's the thing that seems odd to me is that like I understand the the argument for balance I totally get that but to to me and if anybody out there that's listening has any advice or, or any thoughts on this it just seems odd to me that like to have a ship that is partly fixed and partly gimbaled now maybe they just haven't gotten to the point where they've put a size one gimbal together to allow for the single you know the size one guns uh, to to be gimbaled to give it that little extra oomph, but I just don't see how that's really overpowering the ship. Like for example, um, you know on the Avenger, if you gimbal those size one wingtips but keep them size one, they're still not all that powerful. Yeah, I, I guess I'd say that that the answer is what you do is you upsize your non-gimbaled. So if you have like say uh, uh, a a pair of size one. Uh, badgers, and you have a pair of size two gimbaled uh, uh, repeaters. You can remove the gimbal, and that, with the current system, right. makes it possible to have but, bigger fixed guns. Yeah, but you're flying all fixed. It, that's that's, true. that's that's the the question, and, and and we should probably move on. We could talk about this all night long, but that's really at the core. That's the question I have is. Traditionally, you're either flying fixed or you're flying gimbaled, and I'm curious as to where the logic is in flying hybrid. Only I would say if you had a uh, a co-pilot, which technically speaking, the Buccaneer does have a sp- that that top cannon can be gimbaled for a co-pilot to fire with. Hmm. I think so, uh, I think this is a question for uh, one of the devs at the next uh, bar citizen. Agreed. Gleep, uh, what's your take? Uh, personally, oh. let me let me throw on mine real quick. Uh, see if you Please. agree on it. Um, yeah. I prefer to get in the cockpit and mm-hmm. then crash into a few things on the way out of the station, <laughs> uh, and then at that point, um, I usually fire some weapons, typically at mm-hmm. either the broadside or attempted broadside of some sort of barn to see Space if I can barn. actually hit them, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. regardless of gimbal or not. Um, mm-hmm. And then I usually 
uh, managed to put it in, not forward, but usually reverse, uh, backing up into either A, a stranger, or B, something that shoots back at me. Uh, at mm-hmm. which point then mm-hmm. I get out, um, fire my, my sidearm at it for a few minutes, and mm-hmm. then get bored of floating in space and uh, promptly log off. What, what are your thoughts? Is that about where you <laughs> well, are on the gimbaled versus non-gimbaled? Well, well, where I am, and it's very... Thank you very much for asking because it is a fascinating topic to me. I usually I um I take off mm-hmm. and I head straight for the largest astral body. Good, good, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I open the cockpit, I climb out, I close the cockpit, I sit on top, I take my cowboy hat off and I go as I fly straight into the atmosphere and die. Yeah. So nice largest job, astral strange body, love. though. We're nice talking, job. We're talking <laughs> Thank you. Uh, cowboying into the sun, then. Yeah, pretty much. Missed you last week, Jimmy. No one, really no one gets is, my references. That really does. That's strange love. I got you. Yeah, it really yeah, does sum you. up the uh, the gimbaled versus non-gimbaled argument, I think, pretty well. It, it does. It's yeah. perfect. You, you've solved the question. Uh, I, I know, so. I'm no longer curious about this hybrid that uh, <laughs> yeah. The answer is not Nor is anyone listening to us. fixed. It's sidearms. It's clearly don't either. We've killed it. Be so bad it doesn't matter regardless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but with style, I'd like to point out that your that your suggestion leap involves you literally riding into the sunset. Dun dun dun! dun. <sighs> the regular Friday newsletter was pretty darn regular. Um, so as of this recording, we don't have any I'm, idea about what's coming up next. Unlike me this week. <laughs> well, I, I, you sounded pretty regular. Yeah, I mean, it's it extremely regular. <laughs> it's in a very yeah. shortened interval. Yeah. <laughs> These pipes are clean. Um, maybe we will get an update next Friday. Maybe we won't. And when we do, we don't know what that update is going to be. Um, is it going to be, uh, you know, is it going to be Alpha 2.7? Or um, are we going to have another collection of uh, fixes and maybe a surprise or two like, like we got with the, with the, uh, the Buccaneer? Uh, coming in uh, uh, a 2.6.3 update. Or, what do you suppose the chances are that maybe next up will be 3.0? Wouldn't that be grand? Well, I suppose that depends upon the aim dates because if they say next up 3.0 and the aim date is December 22nd, that likely would awake the wrath of the interwebs. And nobody wants that. You know, it's interesting um, with 2.6. Point two to date being so stable, um, I, you know, I, what would they put into two point seven? Um, it, I would guess it would be a lot of under the hood things to prep for three point Yeah, but here's another thing that's interesting: is if you watch this week's around the verse at the very yeah. end, they had mentioned something about some funny business happening with Drake. So yeah. I'm oh, yeah, wondering, I'm wondering if we might see the Cutlass uh, sooner. Rather than later, right? I wonder. It seemed like some sort of ship shenanigans uh, marketing reveal sort of thing. Uh huh. We will get to that. Believe me, you, because I've got a thought or two. Oh, that was all right. <laughs> so, um, guys, let's see. I wanted to talk a bit about those guys in charge. First cast bonus content. Yes, indeedy. Uh, Jonto and I recorded a show called Those Guys in Charge, and it went out last weekend. And it included a discussion of our plans for the org for the future, TM. Uh, We talked about the uh, state of Star Citizen development, and we recapped how we started the org, what we've learned along the way. 
how we plan to apply those lessons learned to decisions going forward. We also discussed our hopes for Spectrum and how it will hopefully uh, make our jobs easier. Uh, then we talked all about the VR. Yes, the Oculus VR, because I think... Um, I mentioned on the show with John that though when the last time we here on this show chatted about VR, um, that I was firmly of a mind that though extremely cool, uh, VR tech still needed to mature just a bit before I would be ready to jump on that train. So of course, I am now the proud parent of a bouncing baby Oculus. Yes, yes, me and the missus, we have named it Oculus. And uh, though Mrs. Gleep has not a wit of love in her heart for it, I'm going to do my damnedest to raise it in an environment filled with love and compassionate escapism. And then I'll go back to sleep on the couch. <laughs> couch is a comfy. small, you have a small uh, creature named Oculus in your house. I, yes, I, I, I picture do. I picture you know twenty years from now that Gleep's offspring will be a supervillain with a name like Oculus. You you have a you have a delightful creature that is you have a delightful creature that is an Oculus and you named it Oculus. That's like having a baby and naming it Baby. No, that'd be like having a dog. <laughs> he's and naming he's a dog. named Oculus Oculus. That too. Yes, I, I birthed a, a face hugger. Oh, mm, delicious. Uh. <laughs> so so, what games have you played? And, and just briefly, what what games have you played? And what are your initial thoughts? Um, I like it a lot. I am much happier with my ability to see than I had been uh, a skeered that I would be. Uh, this is because I, what I've learned is that the, uh, the focal range on it is actually about uh, two meters. So my ability to focus at six feet out is actually not that bad. Um, I don't need, I don't, by law, I don't have to have glasses to drive. It's just it's my eyes get less tired if, if I am wearing glasses. Up close, I can't see a thing without my glasses. Uh, I am farsighted. Uh, so um, what I have been playing is um, Robo Recall, which came uh, free with uh, the touch controllers, you know, the, the two-hand controller mm-hmm. things. Uh, amazing. A lot of fun. Not my kind of game, but just such a blast for the, um, uh, the newness of it, uh, the, uh, the novelty of it. Uh, I'm really enjoying that. I also picked up E-Valkyrie, which is on sale. They're just having their um, one-year anniversary sale, this one-year anniversary of the uh, consumer version release. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was able to get E-Valkyrie, which was uh, a launch title uh, for half off. Um, so that, w- that was nice. And I played that a bit and really, really um, was surprised by how well it works uh, for... It's a dogfighting sim, is what it yeah, is. I've yeah, I've seen uh, some I, I was actually very curious about it. it I actually have it for... Uh, we have PlayStation VR, um, and I've played oh, okay. it once or twice, and what little bit I did play of it, I enjoyed it, um, mm-hmm. but I started getting queasy and took it off. Oh, okay. Um, it, um, yeah, I, I can see how that is, because it was sort of the first generation, but what I found uh, with it as far as getting queasy is I love the head tracking. It's like when I start to turn, I look into the turn and that that seems to help with uh, keeping the um, uh, the uneasiness at a minimum. But um, so, and let's see, what, what other games do I, um, I have? Of course, I, I already had uh, Descent Underground and uh, Overload, which are the, you know, the two um, uh, Descent um, uh, next generation uh, titles that are being worked on by... Uh, uh, wingman, uh, Eric Wingman, uh, what's his last name? Wingman, Eric, Eric Wingman. Peterson. Peterson, yes, thank you. Um, and then, of course, the guys that did the original Descent way back in the day when uh, we were doing all of this on uh, without a mouse, with just a keyboard, for crying out loud, um, that those guys are doing Overload, which uh, is uh, essentially a single-player version of Descent, 
Um, and uh, it's, it's interesting because they just went to early access on Steam, and already their VR support is better than the support for Descent Underground. But to be fair, these are both games that are being developed for the PC primary, I mean, for monitor play primarily with uh, VR support added on top of that. Um, whereas, you know, like E Valkyrie, Robo Recall, these are games that are being developed for VR exclusively. So, enjoying those, um, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, getting more into uh, different kinds of games, was spending uh, quite a bit of time last night talking with uh, Fable Junkyard about his uh, VR experiences, getting his recommendations, have also gotten a lot of useful uh, uh, tips and uh, uh, hints from uh, or suggestions from our friend Sorian, um, and then of course John uh, is all about the VR right now. So um, we're um, we're we're having a good time with that, and um, uh, we we're talking about doing uh, another bonus content show in the future, uh, just covering nothing but VR. Uh, but we're we're still discussing that, and I want to get a little bit more time in in the seat before uh, before we do that. But um, anyway, nice. it's it, it's very exciting. It gets very exciting. Very cool. Um, and so um, it was fun to do do the episode with John. Uh, you know, please, everybody, um, uh, if you get a chance, do listen to it. It was great to have uh, John back in the virtual hangar. Um, and we, you know, we talked about, um, you know, the org going forward. So it's, um, uh, you know, the plans, some changes that we're making in the short term. Um, and um, uh, what our uh, what our hopes are for uh, the future as we become more integrated with Spectrum. Um, and uh, uh, we uh, try to set things up in a way that works for uh, our our overall philosophy, which is come out and play when you can for as long as you can, and that which applies to everybody in the org. So, uh, including you know folks like us that uh, you know though we love doing these shows, we also want to play games too. So we, we've got to we've got to schedule our time judiciously. Very true. All right, and speaking of the spectrum and the turbulence, uh, there was the March Subscribers Town Hall with Turbulent, um, and there was a Canadian guy and a French guy. I can't pronounce either of their names. Oh, Benjamin. I can say Benjamin. Benoit. He's, What's he's, actually, he's actually the French guy. The Benjamin guy's the French guy. The Benoit guy's the Canadian guy. Ha! Go figure. Um, and they talked about, um, uh, about kind of the, some of the stuff that's coming up for Spectrum, um, well, I guess one of the things on the immediate horizon is going to be thread nesting, sort of a la Reddit. Um, they talked a bit about custom emojis, a la, I guess, like my cell phone, I don't know. Um, and then VoIP sometime in the future, but not soon, TM. So uh, the Delta patching, uh, they're currently testing that internally. Boy, howdy, ain't that going to make a, a difference for us. And uh, the mobile app, so we can all be even less productive at work, which is, which is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, um, and then the, 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 they talked about, you know, they're not talking about anything specifically, you know, and I, I, again, this seemed more like, um, I don't know if you guys watched it or not, but it seems more, this was all stuff that we knew uh, before or had been mentioned before. Uh, so they're, they're not giving any specifics, but, you know, they're, they're saying stuff like, we're more features for orgs and org management. That's great. That's great. John and I are, are, are looking forward to that. Um, you know, he was uh, mentioning on the um, on the uh, the show that we did that um, when we were at CitizenCon, when uh, uh, Benoit was one of the uh, uh, presenters at, at CitizenCon, and when he mentioned uh, you know the uh, uh, the functionality of Spectrum, John turned to me and he said, uh, "Yeah, uh, bye bye Versecast because this is where we're going." Um, 
it may not be as dramatic as that, but um, uh, it's uh, certainly go- going to be a significant part of our future, and we are excited uh, to um, to to see what it's going to be all about. Um, so, did you guys see um, the uh, the subscribers town hall and, and with those guys? And, and did you have any thoughts about it? I'll be honest, I skimmed it. it okay, I, I hate to say that it's kind of uninter- uninteresting, but sort of is. There's not a lot of mm-hmm. flash going on there. There's a lot of interesting right. things, but it's mainly just, hey, look, we're going to get some stuff loaded out. And, and that's kind of what I felt like, though, too, is it was very much a, uh, yeah, there's stuff. It's going to happen. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Lots mm-hmm. of things. And I was really hoping for some, I was really hoping for voice over IP uh, info, and they went with, uh, just like you said, the, yeah, it's going to happen. Not mm-hmm. anytime soon. I thought, oh, well, that's it for me. I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> so the rest of it, I just, I just looked at the uh, relay. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's neat. I don't see us moving it to it as a whole anytime soon. Oh, okay, well, I um, at least, I, at least I, personally, <laughs> I uh, I have found um, I usually fired? I, I I get the feeling like I got fired or something. No, 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 no. I just <laughs> it didn't it didn't seem like it was ready for prime time in a way that that was there a coup. You. Yes, what I hate when these coups happen. Yes, when I'm there not is looking. a coup happening. What you're hearing right now is the sound of me sharpening my steel, getting ready. Wow! Oh, another night of the long knives. Oh. Uh, I Spectrum, uh, the Spectrum uh, live uh, feed. Um, yes. I've been I've been using that a fair bit um, with uh, Quantum Drive. So uh, every every Thursday night, I'll pop in, um, and I, I'm enjoying that. Um, I find that to be way more interactive. Um, and well, and just it's just a new take on uh, chat channel. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, because the, the the chat channel for our org uh, is just kind of dead, and I think that goes right. across the board for everybody. So right. to have spec. Uh, spectrum there front and center um, I have been enjoying using that aspect of it so you know and I know that's not necessarily speaking to um, specifically the subscriber town hall and what they were talking about upcoming but talking to uh, TGWS um, I, I'm finding that to be a lot of fun in real time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I think it's 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 nothing there's nothing you know uh, paradigm shifting about what's there now but it's it's significantly better than what we had, so I think just by virtue of that comparison, it, it's good. You know, no, absolutely, I'm yeah, absolutely. It. yeah, yeah. I, I I much prefer following you because I know that you've got you know more chat windows than you have fingers open uh, when the show's going on. But um, I prefer hanging out in in the Spectrum chat because just because I, I like the I like the feel of it better. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's uh, they've done a really nice job with revamping the chat um, in Spectrum for sure. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, and another thing that they mentioned, and this was just sort of a comment off the cuff. There's nothing. Um, um, this is like really way out there. Uh, someone asked a question about web VR, which is something I hadn't even I didn't even know about um, until um, I heard them talking about it. Went and did a little research on it since you know I, I am the proud parent of a bouncing baby Oculus. Um, and um, they talked about wanting to put the Arc Star Map uh, or have it accessible in web VR. And I can't even begin to explain how wiggly that makes my little epiglottis. That would be insane. Yeah, don't you think? Very wiggly. To be able to uh, be inside the star map, that would be very cool. Mm -hmm. Because I I think, you know, even for folks that are more sensitive, uh, motion sensitive, there's probably a way to make that that work better. Well, that would be a very, that's a very short trip, you know, along those, uh, along the... uh, 
know, the jump points or something like that going between those. That's not really... Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's not something my inner ear would have a hard time dealing with. Uh, and you would yeah. have complete control over it, exactly. too, which I think makes a, a big difference. Yeah, you can stop, you can look around, and then you can move a little bit more. Yeah, It's, it's not, not it's the not roller coaster effect where you're you're out of control, and, and that's, you know, hence the... Um, the, you know, yeah. That. Well, I think the problem is, is my body won't necessarily think I'm moving. That's the key. If your body doesn't think you're moving, then you're okay. Mm. So if it's something that kind of wraps around, yeah, neat, okay. But I'm not really sucked. It's not like I'm seeing a, uh, uh, you know, a woodland scene go by at ground level. You know what I mean? Does that mm-hmm. make sense? So it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like I'm walking anywhere or I'm moving anywhere. My body isn't tricked and think it's moving. It's really just a neat panoramic kind of scenery going by quickly. I think. Well, that. That's well. That's interesting. You mentioned that because that's one thing that I've noticed in some of the other games I've played, like uh, Minecraft. They have Minecraft in there, um, and I've noticed that if you are flying, you know, above the ground, there's much less of that sort of um, of uh, that kind of disorienting stuff flashing through your periphery than if you are at ground level. And if you're at ground level, going through. A, a a a tunnel that you're is only big enough for you to fit through. It's like you know, watch out, give me a bucket, you know, because yeah. it's, it's it's really it's really tough. Uh, the games like Robo Recall and um, um, a couple of the other ones they use teleportation. Robo Recall does an excellent job of integrating the idea of teleportation into the game, such that it doesn't seem like a hokey. Um, uh, uh, gimmick. It, it seems like you know this. This makes sense for the role that you're playing. Well, that's good in, in, in your character. Yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, I, I totally get what you're um, what you're saying about you know when you're walking along the ground, um, how uh, having you know especially like shrubs or you know high grass or you know even the ground itself, uh, if it's going by at too fast of a rate, that really you know puts you. Um, uh, really compromises uh, your your ability to deal with it, but I think that there there are there are ways to work around that uh, both uh, by where you where you situate yourself, and then also I think that they are aware of it and are uh, trying to develop solutions uh, um, uh, both in how the games are designed. Then I'm sure in the next generation of visors there will be a consideration for that kind of stuff uh, included too. Yes. And Agreed. speaking of subscribers, no, wait a second, I moved that section. <laughs> Disregard. Oh, no, it's right. And speaking of subscribers, we never discussed the March 2947 subscriber flare. Yes, comic book cover. This month's subscriber flare is the Hitbox Star Marine magazine cover. The release of the Interdimension Software's dynamic shooter Star Marine was met with its fair share of controversy. Hitbox was able to sit down with everyone, from developer to critics to fans, to present a comprehensive picture of this next-generation shooter and the hype surrounding its release. This commemorative lithograph of Hitbox's cover features exclusive art from Interdimension's lead artist, Tony Ville, and is printed on museum-quality archive paper with a custom frame perfect for any enthusiast's home, office, or ship. Now, guys, I have so much, because I've been a subscriber now since pretty much since the beginning, since uh, I, I started in uh, mid-2014. I have so much mismatched crap for my hanger right now that I'm feeling like the only hanger I can I can use at all is the uh, VFG Industrial, which of course become it comes pre-crapped. I mean, it's it's total you know frat house uh, 
in space. Front house in space. Space, space, space. space. Um, you know, and it's like, because I've tried setting up some stuff in the other hangars, and it's like, you know, I have no sense of taste, I, as if you didn't know that already. Um, and even, even I, I put some of that stuff down, and I look at it, and I go, this is just wrong. This, this should not be happening. This is a really beautiful space here that I'm essentially um, uh, uh, dropping trow and, and uh, uh, plopping a... Um, you know what I mean. A plant? A plant. Not even a plant. Yes. Like a space model. Yes. A yes, space, a, 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 a space or, model or box. alien skull. You know? Something that just doesn't fit. Golden I've, Corral Chocolate Fountain. Mm. I've found uh, the uh, VFG Industrial Hangar, for me as well, is the best place to, to put everything. Although I'm frustrated that um, there's only really one spot to put the bar. And I, I have to explore the other hangars to see if there's other options. But I, I really wish that there were more there was more flexibility in in placing items and and maybe we'll see that in further iterations i don't know but mm-hmm. you know it's it, to to just have pre-designated spots you know and, and pre-designated sizes um for those spots is just it feels a little limiting yeah yeah well you know it's I, my toughest thing is reconciling my my um uh, my medical profession with something that's obviously so unsanitary mm fair that's a fair argument yeah. Civil War surgeon Gleep, Dr. Gleep. Here, bite on this stick, kid. That that leg, you don't need that leg, but it's just a splinter. Take it off. <laughs> That's right. Oh, okay. So, um anyway, that I thought that that was um that was kind of it was different. I mean, again, yeah. it's not it's not something that um that I particularly um, you know, thought, "Oh boy, gee, wow." Cuz as I mentioned earlier, I'm not I'm not a reader of the comic books. Uh, but still, um, it's a, there's somebody there that's putting some thought into this stuff. So no, the wall, the wall art's cool, and I mean, I really like um, the the play with the glass. You know, the the frame that the, you know the, you're able to kind of catch the reflection a little bit. Um, you know, it's just it's it's a nice piece. Um, next month, though, huh? Mm, yep. Mm-hmm. Huh? Gonna get my noodle huh? on. <laughs> Alas, I'm not a that? subscriber. Well, you, that's your you can actually sign up. Yeah, actually, if, if you should, yep. You if if, if I if I may if I may plug CIG for just a minute, those of you out there that are not subscribers, um, if you sign up, what's does anybody remember what the date was? Is it the fifteenth? I think. I, I think it's the seventeenth. Seventeenth. Yeah. Let's, let's, let, let, let's just let's just do it this way. If you sign up this week, then <laughs> next month you'll get a uh, Big Benny's uh, uh, vending machine. Uh, uh, Flare to hang in uh, or to drop in your hangar. Yeah. Did you know that Jackson had a Big Benny's vending machine stuffed toy when he was a child? It's true. It's true. His father. April, bought, se- April 17th is the date, yes. His father bought it for him uh, shortly after his mother was murdered. Because <laughs> nothing oh says mom like, mur- like noodles. <laughs> Did did he give you some quarters to go along with it? Well, no, they were they were on the run and they stopped at a uh, you know what CIG's calling the, the truck stops now. They stopped uh-huh. at one of those uh-huh. and and yeah. you know I was six and I I, might, I had to leave my teddy bear behind and it was a little stuffed toy with a smiley face. He's like, here, kid, take this. It'll make I everything know. all better. I, I know. I, I, you know. I, I, I only make fun because when we were listening to the show and uh, chatting away in the Spectrum text chat. Um, uh, I, because I know Dietrich was saying something to me, and you know how that goes. Uh, I, I misheard, and I thought that you had received a stuffed vending machine, and I thought, 
your mommy just died and your daddy gave you a stuffed vending machine. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Can it get any worse? No, it was the stuffed, it was the stuffed character, which I cannot wait for that to be a thing in game. Like, oh, I want, I want to hang a, a Big Benny's, uh, stuffed character, um, like from my rear view type thing or put it on the, uh, the front end of the ship. Get a little, oh, little rear view uh, mirror. Key, okay. Key I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, it was probably be comfortable to sit on too. You know, probably. for those times when yeah. you're feeling a little yeah, tender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're so twelve years old, or at least I am. I don't know you guys. Okie dokie. So, um, yeah, that's happening, and we'll talk about that a little bit more next time. But uh, definitely did uh, because it, as of this recording, it has been, and I'm speaking of the Andromeda. The Mass Effect Andromeda, it has been out for essentially two full weeks uh, in its full release, and almost three weeks since the early access copies went out. Um, Giant Bomb has given it two out of five stars. Ouch. Not good. No. Uh, PC World, this, I like this one. Um, uh, PC, and I'm not relishing in, you know, other people's, I'm not schadenfreudering over here. Uh, PC World said, my God, it's full of nothing. <laughs> Quippy. Now, Mark, so you've been quickly. playing the game. Has anybody else been playing the game? Yeah, I, I got it. I, I all right, it so all right, so out of five stars, Mark, you go first. Ace, you go second. Mm, first, how far? How far have you gotten, Ace? Uh, I'm on EOS now, moving to the second planet shortly. I've got. A, I've had a lot of stuff that I've been doing in the meantime. Okay, but right. but I'm I'm picking up through the the campaign's picking up steam a little bit. Okay, so having gotten through about three quarters of the game now. Hmm. Um, if I had zero expectations going in, three out of five. No idea what it was about. Picked it up. Said, hey, "I'm gonna play this game." Three out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, having expectations of a story that is is Bioware worthy. I'd say that's fair, right? Um, mm-hmm. man, uh, maybe a two, one and a half ish, two out of five. I'd say. Wow. Yeah, it's just I I don't find the uh, I'm not compelled. That's a good way to put it. Okay. I'm not compelled. I feel like I'm just going around us. just just going around to explore for exploring's sake, doing side missions because why not? Uh, the the mm. overarching, extremely compelling storyline just is not there for me. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I know what kind of what it's about, that it's just it's just not there. It's very lost in the in the details, I guess. Now, Mark, or I'm sorry, now Ace, uh, how about you as still fairly new to the game? Uh, unfortunately, my my review is almost word for word what was previously said. Wow. Uh, okay, so not stellar uh, reviews from either either of the TGWS guys that are playing the game. Well, and, and I'm a huge Mass Effect fan. Uh, I loved Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. But my biggest issue, personally, is the characterization. I mean, aside from the, the the sort of cringy facial animations, of which there are plenty, they don't yeah, show up all the time. By that, though, it really they, after you a while you that. get used to it. Yeah, but they but there are some moments where you're just like, ooh, that uh, oh boy, that you know, driving over the uncanny valley, just bump, little bumps there, uh, <laughs> little bumps, few bumps. Do you yeah. guys feel the Do you guys feel the game was rushed or yeah. that they were just lazy? I, the way I heard it described was like a pot pie that missed like five minutes, like like in the uh, oven for about about ten, and it just missed that last five. It's just uh, like it's kind of the edges are are baked and look nice, but like and when you finally get into the middle, 
It's still kind of gooey and a little cold. It's not quite finished. Hey, kind of like a hamburger we know. Yeah, mm, exactly. Might give you a true. little bit of intestinal trouble later on. Um, yeah, the thing is, for me, the, the, the thing that gets me is, is characterizations. The characters don't immediately grab or resonate with me. And they, they aren't so far. I haven't had moments yet where uh, I've been like, that that right there. I, I mean, even early on in the game. I mean, the... Uh, the in and you know the beginning of Mass Effect One, you meet uh, Nihilus and and uh, Doctor Chakwas and and uh, Ashley and Caden, and even in that first mission, you get some sort of sense of who these people are. And there's there's a grand mystery set up with the appearance of Sovereign, the big Reaper, at the very beginning. But there are little things that are missing, uh, 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 you know, and it is it is, feels to me a lot about uh, nuance. Uh, in Mass Effect One, there's a scene where you're first introduced to Sovereign, the big giant Reaper from a helmet cam perspective, uh, and there is a scene in that in that f- that footage where the where the the camera pauses on Sovereign, and it's like all the all the all the, all the characters in that scene sort of take in what's going on. And, and for a brief moment, the camera cuts to Silas, who is the, the specter who's there to teach you how to be a specter. And his mandibles flex open for a moment like, that's not good. Like, there's this very subtle motion. And the camera pans away to him just long enough for you to see that, that the Turian facial expression. And there isn't that sort of, that sort of authorism in Andromeda. Like, you don't mm, get, like... Little, yeah, you don't no. get little teeny tiny bits of subtlety from the characters. They're vi- they're written very broadly, and and so that they're functional. But you know you don't have like in Mass Effect Effect Three where ter- uh, Garrus is, is talking to you about like the ruthless co- uh, calculus of war, and like uh, whether or not you need to sacrifice a thousand lives to save fifty thousand. Uh, yeah. There's not a lot of those. It doesn't feel as morally complex or as character deep. As the previous games were, and I, and that is to its detriment. I feel like. Well, Metacritic gave the game a, a score of seventy four, which is not great, but it's certainly not awful. That seems um, to be the general and, consensus. And this was across twenty four critic reviews, which were were split right down the middle, twelve twelve between positive and mixed reviews. Um, but what I thought was kind of interesting, uh, with at least with the Metacritic, was that uh, the user scores um, and overall users gave the game a 4.7 out of 10, which is right right around the the two out of five level. And this was based on 2,185 uh, reviews. And in the breakdown, positive user reviews were they outpaced mixed reviews three to one. There's only three levels: positive, mixed, and negative. Uh, three times as many positive as mixed, but nearly um, nearly the same number of uh, negative reviews as positive and mixed together. Uh, so I'm not sure what this means, except that I think that it's um, it's a pretty polarizing game um, uh, with a um, a bias towards negative. Um, uh, but the kind of back to uh, uh, PC World's uh, quippy little um, little headline there. Um, what I'm concerned about is that, um, or what this uh, this has prompted me, because I, I read in there that they were saying that there's, uh, I think it's, this is kind of what you were saying, Mark, that there are there's a whole lot of, of empty um, out there, you know, that it's huge, it's big, but a lot of it is empty. And so what concerns me is that I'm wondering if Andromeda hasn't fallen prey to one of the same um, the same issues that compromised No Man's Sky. 
Um, I mean, did Bioware try to make the game too big and rely too much on proced- on procedural procedures, uh, which at um, at their current because that's a fairly new thing um, uh, at that at that current at their current level of, of technology uh, that those can't be relied upon to create a wide enough variety of believable or interesting content hmm. um, and. Um, so, and then extending that further, uh, do we believe that uh, that CIG is um, is better positioned to avoid this trap? And I think they are because of what we've seen, like in the 3.0 demo, and what we've seen when they show planetary stuff, and also that they're um, they're when they start out, it's it's only going to be a couple of systems, and we know that these build procedurally generated that most of these systems are going to have handcrafted components to them which are, are necessarily going to be uh, more uh, more um, detailed and, and potentially more interesting than the stuff that's, uh, that's done entirely uh, uh, by the computer. Well, I think that we can speak of too very quickly in saying that there, there is very, there's very much a, what they call it, bespoke. Uh, the Mass Effect, I think, and I think uh, um, Ace will agree with me on this, is it's very much handcrafted. Uh, oh, it is. Yeah, okay. they okay. they really the zones you have to move around on, and Ace will find this out as he goes to the different areas, are very much crafted. Uh, the there isn't any um, space flight on your own. It's all. Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's so all, everything's on rails, huh? It's all well. It's not even on rails. You literally just you literally there's a little cutscene that takes you from planet to planet or system oh. to system. Um, there is no flight in the game that I've come across. To be across fair, that, that has always been before you guys Correct. do too much. Yeah. That has always been the case with the Mass Effect. Yeah, games. the only the only I mean, difference was that's is not when the they direction had the, the genre's going. Well, you know, but it's not. It doesn't necessarily have to be part. Of, you know, I mean, it, it can it can deviate from from what the where the genre is going. I think if it had a good once again if it had a good storyline, and that fair is point. it's very Mass Effecty. They did have in one of them where you're traveling essentially a two D uh, area with, you know, relying on fuel and resources and whatnot to get to different areas. But even that wasn't even, I wouldn't even call it an arcadey type of thing. It was more like something you play on like a flash game on a, on a computer or on a uh, website or something. So, um, that has not been a staple of mass effect. I'm comfortable with that. But yeah, as far as that goes, um, I would bet hands down that there, if there is any procedural generation in this, it's purely for, Maybe they did it initially to develop the uh, the terrains to some extent, or maybe some of the some of the meshes they use or something like that. But I would be very surprised if they if there was any procedural generation to any any large degree, really. To be honest with you. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll I'll post a link to uh, the PC Games uh, article because um, the uh, that was actually just a a, su- a a title from a subsection. Uh, but the uh, the title of the article is Mass Effect Andromeda Review: A as vast and empty as space itself. Yeah. Well, that I would. Um, that's, I mean, that's, un- that's, that's a title hyperbole Ouch. for clicks. Honestly, yeah. um, as far as procedural tech goes, the the place there I see where I do see procedural track is the animations. It 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 because because you know in Mass Effect one two and three the story is for the most part pretty uh, pretty specialized, uh, especially with two and three the the, the stories are fairly well authored, uh, so that that the the scenes are animated, but in Andromeda because the game is so big and it is even just on one planet so far so big they don't really have the time to put you know authored animations for every single interaction. And so you end up with a lot of canned animations as a, as a result. How um, long was the game in development? 
five-ish years, I believe, is what I've heard. Five-ish years? I mean, we heard about it since, like, not long after Mass Effect 3 launched. Right. You may remember there was a demo that showed what is now called the Nomad. It was, like, the the, the earliest version of the Mako in, in thank you, thank you, CIG, Graybox. I learned that term from them. uh, uh, In a short demo. And so they've been working on it for years now. I don't know, but if you would, I mean, like, NPC activities and conversations are, are going to be scripted to some extent. I mean, that's that's not yeah, really procedural. But, but, but animating how a character says something is part of the issue. Um, it seems very clear that they have a series of very universal rules for how every face moves in the game, to some right, degree. Right, but I mean, like, procedural generation is like you feed, you feed an algorithm a seed and it, you know, boom, explodes a thing. I don't see you know. I don't see that sort of procedural generation being used. It's, okay. It is a very def, like you said, it's a very it's a, it's a crafted uh, world. The, everything is in place because it's there for a reason. All right. Okay. All right. Well, so um, what is next up for the hype train then? Because there there was hype going into this. I mean, a lot of people were you know were were looking to um, and you know absolutely not saying. I mean, I listened to Ben's day today with uh, with Nikki Batgirl and Ben. And uh, they talked. They touched on it um, a little bit. And Ben, uh, Ben, you know, Ben's a, a, an extremely positive guy. Ben says, "Hey, I'm 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 having fun. I'm enjoying the game." So, and we're certainly not saying, you know, if you're interested, don't try it or anything like that. I, uh, at least I'm not. Uh, I, I think that it's, um, you know, it's. I think that there's um, uh, some disappointment out there. I mean, but then, you know, also we're living in the times we're living in. So, um, uh, but. There's going to be the next the next hype train is going to be coming through soon. Um, uh, do we know? So, assuming that, that Squadron Forty Two is going to be coming out this year, is there going to be another game like this that we know of that's going to be coming out before uh, we anticipate Squadron Forty Two happening? Uh, that um, uh, we um, are going to be judging Squadron Forty Two against, or is next up on, on the uh, on the uh, the hit parade going to be actually Squadron Forty Two itself? Well, I think well, the I next. I know that there was. Uh... There is. Go I mean, ahead. There, yeah, there is one game. It doesn't really. I don't think it's really well. Space, yes. Sci-fi, sure. The same genre, probably not. But uh, Destiny Two. Yeah. Uh, and it will be for the PC mm. as well. Take it as you will. It is an MMO, but not really this kind of MMO. Uh, some of the same kinds of things in there. Eh, will it apply? Who knows? I mean, who knows what Destiny 2 will actually be like, really? They have um, what's, so, what's the ETA on Destiny 2? September 8th, is, I believe. Oh, yeah. I mentioned that Battlefront 2 is having a demo coming up here shortly, which which if Battlefront, the ending, you know, the end development of Battle, Battlefront 1 is an indication... There is some Starfighter combat in that. I mean, it's it's arcadey Starfighter combat, but it is Starfighter combat, and so we may see some of that in Battlefront Two as well. Okay, okay. Um, well, hope you know. I think uh, we we can hope that that Squadron Forty Two might actually beat that September time frame, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right. I just it was wondering if there's going to be. Um, is it is this or not? Uh, if you want to turn that frown upside down, um, is this another opportunity for Squadron Forty Two to come in and save the day? Definitely, regardless. I'm always, always. I'm always. <laughs> okay, not right. even a question. Well, let us go through them regular shows real quick here. Um, uh, ATV we had not this week, but last week. Um, actually, the week before, because uh, it is Monday, Mark thirty fourth. Uh, what is the Mega Map? Uh, so um, Sandy Gardner and Forrest Stefan shared how Mega Map improves playability in Star Citizen, while Eric 
uh, Kyron Davis stopped by uh, with the uh, Los Angeles Studio Update. Um, and I think this was the one where uh, they uh, debutted some of the uh, the female armor that uh, folks have been looking forward to. And, and I, I all the feedback I heard was pretty positive. Yeah. Oh, looks yeah, good. it looked you great. It looks good. Yeah, looked cool. great. Um, in the ATV this week, we got Ship Pipeline Part 2. There's your gray box there, Ace. Gray box to flight ready. Um, in this week's episode, uh, hosts Eric Chiron Davis and Steve Bender, they check in with Germany for their studio update and share Part 2 of the Drake Buccaneer Ship Pipeline. The, so, um, if, if I may really quick, uh, the, the Germany report is a really good watch um, from procedurally generated planets Mm-hmm. Uh, to uh, to atmosphere, to lighting, to uh, weapon updates. Uh, there's a lot in um, in the update from Germany. Uh, I, I thought it was a great. I, I enjoyed that more than I enjoyed part two of the Gray Box uh, pipeline. I've heard that that sentiment echoed um, in um, other uh, on other uh, uh, shows uh, on the YouTube's. Um, um, and so, but, but there was, there was plenty of impressive stuff to look at. And we've talked before about how, you know, we, it's like how much more impressive stuff can they show? I mean, they can show us a lot, but you know, I, I think the, uh, the, the marginal wow factor has, has diminished, uh, just because, uh, you can only, you can only add some, you can only pile awesome so high before it tips over. Well, it's <laughs> funny is, um, like if, if you haven't, okay, so here's the thing. I haven't watched ATV in a while. Um, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, especially this past weekend, I was sick and I was laying on the couch and I'm like, oh, you know what? This is a good opportunity to actually, you know, watch around the verse. Um, and yeah, you know, when you see it every single week, um, the this is coming, this is coming does get to be a bit, you know, old. But I will mm-hmm. say this. From the last time I watched ATV to this time, um, I was wowed. I was wowed by what I saw coming out of Germany. Um, I was uh, impressed with the progress that they made. Um, I, I there was a lot of information packed into that update, and I, you know I, I'm starting to feel like we're closer to 3.0 than any of us are anticipating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm. I'm. I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, praying right there next to you. We we have a game, and I think that when 3.0 goes live, we have a game, and I think that's going to change. Um, that's going to change the the game, so to speak, a, a lot when when we get 3.0. Hopefully, we get it in the next you know three to four months. Yeah. Um, one thing, and sort of doubling back to a, a, um, a thing I, I referenced earlier in the show uh, towards the end of this most recent ATV there was this cheesy little tease from uh, Matt Sherman right um, something about uh, you know stuff going on uh, at uh, Drake interplanetary and uh, you know the way that they set it up you know it seems like there's gonna be a cute a cute little skit coming uh, next week or something and I am so done with it right now I don't think it's the time for them to be doing this I I, I you know, uh, Jimmy, you weren't here last time, but um, I was pretty upset by um, the uh, the way that they handled communications around the last ten for the chairman uh, when they didn't select your question for crying that, out loud. That bummed me out. Yeah, me um, and um, I think I think that they're still working under a um, uh, on in this part of, of their operations in the communications portion of their operations. They're still working at a deficit, and I don't think that digging out of that deficit is well served by um, by stuff like I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be sharing this with you guys. It's like, no, dude, if you got something awesome to show me, 
step up and say, dude, next week, something that is going to be really awesome. We're going to show it to you. Be here and then deliver on that. Don't don't tease like that. It's just it's not it's I'm not in the mood. Damn it. Um, he's getting crotchety in his old age. He is. Yeah, I know, yeah, right? you know, I, I, age is like a I, fine wine. <laughs> I had, I had, when I was listening to uh, those guys in charge, I know that John had said that you know his that he's excited for the game, but you know his enthusiasm has waned. And I think that one thing that's really important, and one thing that, that we really should make clear um, to everybody that's out there listening, is that it's okay. You know, it's this is a long game. It's a long process. I mean, we've been on the hype train for this game for for years now, and mm-hmm. so you know, it's okay to have waning interest. It's okay to to step away for a while. You know, um, while I've still been following the game, while I've still been playing the game, I may not be watching the news as much, and it's nice to go back to it again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it comes and goes. There, there are weeks or months when I can't get enough Star Citizen, and there are weeks and, or, and months where I'm just, you know, busy doing other mm-hmm. things. And you know, this is a long game. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a groundbreaking game. It's going to be a revolutionary game, but it is also, you know, a long game. And you have to have the patience. You have to have the stamina. And and it's okay to, you know, not be interested for a while. Oh, I'm interested. I'm interested, but don't you know? Don't uh, don't go pee pee on my back and tell me it's raining. That's all I'm saying. Awkward well, some analogy. Pe- some some wow. people are yeah, amazing. Yeah. One of the two. Um, and we also had a couple of happy hours, and there, there are a couple of really good ones. Um, the uh, the one uh, on the 24th of Mark. Uh, Shooty Hoops, yes, uh, they had they did an impressive demo of programming techniques, and I forget, oh, Calix, I think it was Calix Renault, mm-hmm. who was showing, uh, and they basically in the in the hangar of a javelin, they developed from uh, from nothing to something um, a basketball game in, right there using um, this uh, visual scripting language. Um, our friend uh, Sorian uh, was talking to in chat the other day, and he said he really he's a, a programmer guy, and uh, he said that he really liked what he saw, was impressed by it. Or, or at least parts of it. So I, I thought that was, you know, especially for the folks that are, are, are you know, interested in, in uh, you know, actually making games. Uh, I think that that was a, a, a good uh, a good segment uh, uh, for them. And then uh, this last week we had the Happy Hour Museum uh, with uh, Ben and Disco discussing uh, Privateer, um, its place in video game history. This sort of following up on the Christry episode of um, a few weeks ago. Uh, so again, more uh, fun Christy stuff. Though um, uh, you know, it's um, it, you know, it, it's an old game. You've got to you've got to really be into uh, the uh, um, uh, the uh, nostalgia part of that. And I didn't play those games when they when they came out. I was I was doing other things at that time. So um, it doesn't it doesn't strike the same uh, nerve for me as like games like Descent or um, um, uh, or Doom. You know that that was that was those were the things that uh, that uh, burned themselves on the inside of my uh, my retinas. Uh, that uh, when I see them now, I I, I get a little teary eyed. Um, so, but anyway, it was it was very cool. Um, so definitely, um, I enjoy, I enjoy those. I still miss the old RTVs, but I think they're doing a good job with the happy hours. So uh, guys, keep that up. Before we get out of here, Mark, you texted me um, uh, since last time about a product you are interested in. I did. Um, and following. And um, uh, I think it's called Parsec TV. Can, can you share something about what you've learned? Sure, sure. Well, basically what it is, it's a remote play application, if you will. It allows you to play things from, from different stuff. What I'm going to do is I actually uh, have been in talks with the, one of the VPs there. 
uh, helping me do some. He was helping me troubleshoot actually when I was trying to go through some stuff and learning. It's still in development, but I thought being you know the community we are that it's well worth it. So I'm going to read it off. What, what I asked him if he'd come up with a couple sentences that he they use you know kind of their marketing ploy. He said, oh yeah, I'll write something up for you. So I'm going to read that first, and I'll tell you a little bit about it real quick. Cool. Um, he says, uh, Parsec believes that they that we are entering a new era of computing where everyone can access the best computing in the world on any device. Uh, they hope to free people from the constant upgrade cycles uh, to increase mobility and to eliminate the expensive hardware required to enjoy the best games and software. Their technology gives you access to high-powered computing on any device from anywhere. For instance, you can play Overwatch on a Raspberry Pi by streaming uh, from your gaming PC or from a cloud machine. Uh, another benefit is the ability to share your gaming PC with friends or, and or I should say, invite them to watch, uh, watch you play or even co-play. Uh, hmm. So it, it's got a whole lot of stuff in there. Um, I can't possibly tell you how I found it. I think it was one of the Reddits. What it amounts to. Uh, I've used a lot of different remote applications. I use it for work a lot, uh, trying to remote into different computers. A lot of the problems is latency. Uh, when you're trying to do something, uh, either A, uh, some things have, they'll compress the video, which means you know, you'll have really grainy video um, coming from the other computer in order to increase your latency or in order to decrease the latency. Or uh, you'll have the other option. Essentially, you have very high quality, uh, you know, screen showing up on the screen, but your latency is such that it makes it impossible to actually do anything real time-ish. Well, I can tell you with certitude, um, having played this um, across uh, several different networks, uh, I was able to play it from my work computer. Uh, from my home PC. Mm-hmm. I was able to play it on a Raspberry Pi, which in case anyone doesn't have one, you should get one because they're like 35 bucks and they're amazing. Um, what is it? What, are, what, is a, what is a Raspberry Pi? Uh, we'll talk about this later. I will tell you. Uh, we can share this for next uh, next time or whatever. Uh, Raspberry Pi, essentially okay. what it amounts to is, uh, think of it in terms, they actually have uh, ARM processors, which is the same thing most people have on their phones uh, for the mm-hmm. most part, that sort of thing, uh, in a nice, tiny little PCB about the size of a credit card. Uh, mm-hmm. Has video outs, has USB ports, has all kinds of stuff, uh, networking cable. People have done all kinds of crazy stuff with it. Just look up Raspberry Pi and you'll be amazed at the things people do with these things. Absolutely incredible. Personally, okay. I used it uh, because I wanted to have a a, um, a means to get on my Plex server and do some other stuff from my TV that didn't have anything else connected to it. And the smart TV functionality wasn't working great. So I picked it up and it's just, it's fantastic. Okay. Okay. Aside from that, uh, so what it did, um, what happens is you run the server on, say, your gaming PC. What it is essentially is a remote, uh, a remote desktop application. It allows you to get it on the remote PC. However, what it does do uh, is it's extremely low latency, and the compression is such that you really don't notice the fact that your your, your video may be being downsampled. I was able to play on my um, 4K TV, not at 4K. You can only play at 1080 because the the compression is such that I mean, trying to play something at 4K across a network or across the internet would be simply impossible with any kind of re- decent latency. Right. Uh, so, but I will tell you that playing for my work computer, which has a crap Radeon card in it, uh, play on the Raspberry mm-hmm. Pi, which has no graphics card, uh, playing mm-hmm. you know, all generally from my PC, I will tell you that the gameplay was um, at least playing um, uh, Mass Effect and playing some mm-hmm. Ghost Recon Wildlands. Uh, the latency was simply not there. It was like I was. Wow. It was like That's I was sitting awesome. at the computer and playing. Um, wow. So, absolutely fantastic i will tell you there have been some you know there it's it's a little bit buggy they're still working on stuff they're getting you know uh builds out regularly uh the the um, their discord channel is uh constantly monitored by the techs involved 
uh, the guys that are developing mm-hmm. the game. Extremely helpful. And uh, working through some stuff. Uh, if you don't have some kind of crazy off-the-wall computer setup like I have, more than likely you'll be just fine and be able to get things running right away. Um, however... Any plans for Android or iOS? Yeah, you did mention that. I actually asked him about that. Here's the reason. Uh, It's very tough to play your video games on Android or iOS. Uh, Your normal video games. Your PC, I should say PC games. Um, There is a difference in the, um, apparently, don't quote me on this, uh, I was talking to a few people in their channel. I did not get to talk to the actual developer on this part because uh, they were offline at the time. They were saying the differences in terms of the programming uh, peripherals and whatnot that actually attaches to that, I guess, in the programming. Uh, take okay. that for what you will. Um, what it amounts to, though, I, I would, I wouldn't, I it wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't come along at some point. Uh, right now, I okay. do know that they are working on. Um, solidifying the base before they go on and start expanding out to other things. They're really trying to nail down what they have already before they uh, before they expand out. So, okay. if anyone's interested, uh, it is parsec.tv. That's P-A-R-S-E-C.tv. Uh, you download uh-huh. it to your computer, put it on there. You know, play at home, whatever else you want. Uh, you know, any other computers, uh, anything like that. I did have a friend over. We were already co-play. Very interesting. You can switch between people with a key press. Uh-huh. So you can be sitting at your computer, you can have someone else remoting in, watching you, and you can switch who's playing. That was awesome. Okay. Uh, and uh, other than that, um, I'm trying to think what else did I miss. I think that pretty much covers it. Um, okay, so I should be able to run this the, the server on my uh, desktop here at home and then be able to access that from my computer at work? Absolutely. Basically, you log in, you create wow. an account, um, you, you download the client. Uh, and you download, you know, obviously the server version, and then the client basically just connects to it. Uh, you pick the server you want to connect to, and oh, the coolest thing is you can share your server with friends, so you can you can oh. add them as admins. I will add though, when you're doing this for people like Ace uh, who are on network security, you are giving them access to your computer desktop. Yeah, mm. I was going to say it is it's, not it's just for playing games. Protocol. Yes, you yeah. are giving them access to your computer's desktop. So mm. um, your mileage care- may vary. Be careful with this mm-hmm. if you're giving it to random people. Make sure that you disconnect your server when you're not around, mm-hmm. or you know, take them off of your uh, off of your um, admin list when you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just mm-hmm. for that reason, just to be on the you safe need to side. You put them outside the circle of trust. Exactly, take them outside your circle of trust if they should not be inside. Uh, oh, uh, real quick, the cloud functionality. Yes. They do have. Um, they're gearing up for having the ability to use the cloud. Uh, cloud-based like AWS, things like that, uh, the Amazon servers and whatnot, as uh, since those have GPUs in them now, lots of them do, uh, Mm -hmm. you're able to do that. I will say they do not have that. That's not something you can get access to normally. Uh, They do have it available for developers and for uh, people on those lines that are developing games around this or developing products around using it. Uh, It is not something they have for available use right now to, say, pay a monthly fee and get access to those and have all your games on them at the moment. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, thank you for that, and let, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. And um, as it becomes uh, um, more interesting, uh, we'll report yeah. back. How's yeah, that? by all means, if people have any questions, you know, by you know, feel free to you know, get a hold of me. I'm happy to talk to you about it. To, to email you at all the places they never email you. Yes, all those places that I never receive emails, <laughs> except when I tell people that you've quit the show. Exactly. Then right. I have the flood of emails. <laughs> thank you, everyone who sent me emails. By the way, from that, it made me feel very special, and I had no idea why. Aww. <laughs> Why am I getting all these emails? Hi, guys, I didn't leave. <laughs> then I listen. Mm-hmm. Please.
please go to engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's E-N-J-I-N.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen The Base Radio at thebase.sc, where you can find rebroadcasts of our shows throughout the week. And the Quantum Drive. Yes, sir. Uh, check out the new INN. You can find it at imperialnews.network. And you can reach the podcast. Our email is comms at versecast.org. On Twitter, we are at Versecast. Be sure to use the hashtag TGWS. To join our organization, you still got to go to the robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash Versecast. Uh, Spectrum, you can find us robertspaceindustries.com slash Spectrum slash community slash Versecast. Hopefully, we'll be able to start adding um, new members over there soon so that we can uh, just move on to all of the, the goodness that is the newness that is the Spectrum that is the future of our organization. On Steam, we are those guys with ships, and do be sure to check out our system. Wow! Up? Would you run out, of, run out of steam? Wow, we did. I went right, right over the edge. Star Citizen Gaming Community website. It is firstcast.org. Ding, 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 ding. Saurian's endowment slider never stops in the middle. My name is Gleep, and all my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know what to make of that last Wow. I just, wow. Um, Conan sure. Exiles, it's what's for dinner. Um, my name is Jimmy. I'm most chatty <laughs> over on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Jimmy Croker. Uh, you can also catch me every Thursday night, 9 p.m., uh, doing my show uh, Quantum Drive over on the base. Uh, I am also live tweeting when I do the show, at least for the next two episodes. Um, season three is wrapping up. Uh, as a matter of fact, I am happy to announce that this week, uh, special guest Turd Ferguson, the one, the only, will be Yay. doing the show. And then I'll be back for the um, season finale, uh, episode 13. And then the show's going to go on hiatus for 13 weeks, but fret not. Uh, I will be rerunning all of season three, so if you missed anything, you'll be able to catch it. Um, but uh, yeah, stop by uh, this week or and or next week uh, into uh, the Spectrum Chat channel. I'll be there hanging out. Awesome. Mark? No, Ace. Ace. My name is Ace. I, I, I'm with you. I have no idea what to make of that. That that uh, <laughs> it was it was a lot. It was a lot note. to ingest. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Ace Hasman. You can find all my information in the show notes. Uh, I am most chatty these days on the Team Speaks. Uh, I try to be on here whenever I can. Say hello. Um, uh, good night, Gracie. And this episode is sponsored by the Rakshasa. A uh, medium feed lawful evil challenge rating thirteen, sort of a half tiger, half man with backward hands, nifty. Yeah, it's a liger. Don't forget they're related to, uh, I believe they're related to genies, aren't they? Some of those lines. They are. Yes. They are. Yeah. Well, they're fiends. Yeah, so. fiend. Okay, that's right. They're fiends. Yeah, correct. Okay, man, I'm trying to do what I want. I got that Mark? dungeon manual. I read those so many times. Okay, uh, my name is Mark. You can reach me at uh, madcow one zero zero one at gmail dot com or any of the things that uh, Gleep has in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> oh man, God, guys, that's all I've got tonight. I don't even have a good day. I didn't even think about anything while we were doing this. Um, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a long show, Mark. It's okay. Yeah, I guess so. Back in the saddle. Back in the saddle again. Well, fellas, that's all I've got. Um, so there you Until go. Until next time, then we are those guys with ships, and this has been the verse cast. See you guys. See you guys. One of the guys. Okay. Can someone explain to me where that comes from? Where that just. The endowment slider is where babies are talking about.
Earth, so the more endowed your slider is, the oh, better God. chance a baby will happen. Oh, oh no. I think that exactly. That's a language oh, no. social. From a, from a Darwinian perspective, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>